Man, it is always such a pleasure to talk to Flux. Tonight we speak with him about how many flow conferences he's spoken at, what brought him into speaking at flow conferences in the first place. We talk about the immune system, of course, how floating is involved with the immune system, and how our body's adapting to a new world with our immune system and, and as well as um, outside of floating. It, we, we go on some pretty awesome tangents here. It's always such a pleasure. And uh, we find out what's going on in Flux's life currently, how he deals with stress, and we learn a whole lot the entire time. So please join us in our talk with Flux. Of course, before we get started, I want to give a few shout outs. I am so happy because I finally updated. It's funny because I've been talking about it for, I think, two months now. I finally updated my UI look in Float Helm, and I'm so happy about it. Uh, I made the colors when clients go in to schedule actually match the branding colors that we have for the float shop. The header now has a beautiful float image at the top, and it just feels good. So thank you, Float Helm, for constantly updating not only Helm on the back end, but also on the front end. It's already such a simplified, beautiful UI that clients really enjoy. Not as much with our previous uh, scheduling system. Uh, and now it's just that much friendlier. Floathelm.com is where you want to go to check out Floathelm if for some reason you aren't using them already. They also make the barrier to trying it out super, super low. You can schedule a tour, have them walk you through everything, make sure it actually works for all the different pieces of your business, whether you have classes, whether you have a sauna, whether you have floats, LMTs. They do all these different things to make sure that it works for your business. And they even make sure that your LMT doesn't get scheduled too often so that you know, unlike a float tank, LMTs can have some burnout. You can build that into your schedule for your LMTs, which is just incredible. I love it. Flowhelm.com is where you want to go. Also, a big shout out to Isopod. Isopod is the float tank manufacturer making the Isopod, which is a very spacious, simplified, beautiful float tank that we absolutely love at the float shop. And it's also built with beastly parts. <laughs> I'm talking about some serious stainless steel action here. These float tanks are absolutely built to last. They're easy to maintain. Simple filter system, lighting, intercom, remote that's attached. The internet goes down. This float tank is still working. I absolutely love this. And it's super accessible to clients who find these float tanks to be very friendly as well. I highly encourage you to go to i-sopod.com. Tell them that we sent you. We love our isopods. We had to get a second one when we replaced our old floatarium. So check them out again, isopod, i-sopod.com, and tell them we sent you. Let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome back to another Art of the Floats Float Conference special episode. We've got Drew here, uh, who, you know, last time he said he was going to be in the background, but Drew had all the good questions last week with Steven. And this week we have a very, very special guest, MC Flux. Welcome to the show and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. There's been a lot of change in your life, I would say, since... When was your last float conference that you spoke at? I mean, I've spoken at every year's float conference since. So I spoke at 2018 in person, 2019 in person, and I did 2020 virtually. So. And Flux, for those who don't know, how did you become a speaker at your first float conference? Oh, goodness. That story. Um, well, hmm. How do I tell this briefly? Uh, I got to grad school. Everything went wrong. 
Uh, I had to find a new mentor. Uh, I met up with a researcher uh, named Dr. Christopher Lowry, and I needed a way to fund my summer. And Dr. Lowry said, well, I have this float project. And I said, what? And he was like, it's, it's a float project. You got to analyze some immune data. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And uh, him and Dr. Feinstein gave me a project, and they thought it was going to take me the whole summer, and I think I did it in like a weekend. And, um, and, then, and then they were like, who is this guy? <laughs> Dr. Feinstein was like, who, who is this? What is going on? And, uh, and that summer I went down to Tulsa and visited uh, the Loridan Superbrain Research, and uh, then I just got very rapidly sucked into that world. That was 2017. Uh, so then over the course of 2017, 2018, uh, I started doing uh, all the work that went into my 2018 float conference talk. And sometime in June, I think Justin or Dr. Feinstein said to me, like, uh, hey, you should you should talk at the float conference. And I was like, the what? <laughs> and he was like, don't worry. He's like, it's just it's just it's, it's a, this is a thing. And I was like, OK. And um, I had no idea what I was getting into. And uh, and then I just uh, I got I mean, I got to, you know, is it that theater in Portland? And I was like, whoa, and got on the stage and just, you know, I remember uh, my my talks tend to have a lot of slides because I illustrate everything myself. So I will go through a lot of slides very rapidly. I've been starting to incorporate more animations as I uh, learn how to do more of that stuff. But uh Especially in 2018, it was, I think I had like over 200 slides for a 30 minute talk, and everyone was terrified. I remember going in there, and they were all just like, What are you gonna, do you know what you're doing? Like, what's good? What? And that, like, yeah, I remember afterwards, I think I was talking to Ashkan, and he was just like, Yeah, we were like betting on how long your talk was gonna be. But like, I, uh, I did it in, in like 34 minutes or something like that. So it's, it's I know how to time my talks. <laughs> You are coming back. Are you going to be speaking about the same subject matter that you have spoken about previously? Or are you building off of talks that you've previously done? What's a, a, without giving us, obviously, the whole talk today, but a little um, insight into what to expect from you when we see you in September or August, August 27th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, August. Uh, so, uh, it's kind of going to be the sequel to my 2018 talk. So 2018 was floating in the immune system. Uh, 2019 was heart rate variability. 2020 was COVID and floating. Uh, and we're going to be doing uh, the next the next piece of that, which is going to be like, I mean, hopefully it's going to be like the Empire Strikes Back. I don't know if I'm going to have a Return of the Jedi, but like it's going to be uh, the, the next the next phase in in floating in the immune system. Actually, I think there is going to be a Return of the Jedi. I have a whole study that I was really hoping to present about this summer that is not not ready yet, and um, wow. and that'll be that'll be part three to the immune trilogy. Um, but so uh, so so our, our episode what episode five. I guess, <laughs> or, or I'm, 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 I'm taking this metaphor way too far. Uh, That's but, great. Uh, <laughs> there will be a prequel release later, yes. Yeah, there'll be a prequel release later. Uh, but so, um, so what I talked about in 2018 was how stress has evolved to activate the immune system and how sometimes when we get really stressed out, that immune activity can then affect our mental health and our behavior. 
Um, and what I'm going to be talking about in this year's talk is how I'm going to take it a, another step uh, back from that and say, not like we're not looking just at how stress affects the individual. We're going to look at how society has shaped the individual's interaction with the environment and the immune system to take a deeper look at how our shift from a hunter-gatherer well, actually, I'm going to go back even further. So I'll say our shift from burrowing, soil-dwelling mammals to a hunter-gatherer society to agriculture to modern-day city living has dramatically shifted our interaction and relationship with the immune system and how that change uh, has gone on to affect our mental health and our physical health as well. Uh, so I'll be talking about this. Uh, I'm going to be going over a reanalysis with some brand new uh, understanding of the data that I presented in 2018. Uh, for my dissertation, I went back and, and dug back into all of that data, reanalyzed it all, and came up with some really great new findings, um, which I'm going to be highlighting in uh, in my talk this year. Uh, and then the the you know when hopefully next year, um, as long as everything goes to plan. Uh, I will be able to unveil the results from my immunoreactivity study, which is currently ongoing, that um, I was really hoping to be able to analyze in time for this conference, but can't. So that'll be that'll be part three. Uh, and, awesome. and that will tie together uh, all of the talks that I've given the, about the immune system so far uh, and and uh, and hopefully give us a really interesting perspective. I have I, I honestly have no idea what the results will be. Um, I have some hopes, but... Uh, you know, it's either going to be a really amazing talk about floating modulating immunoreactivity or it's going to be a talk about how sometimes you make predictions and they don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we just have to be okay with that, right? Mm -hmm. Can I go back a little bit, actually quite a bit, to when you stumbled, quote unquote, you know, needed a summer job, which I find <laughs> hilarious. But like these, these stumbles and these random incidents, you clearly have passion and interest in this. So how, what is it that's been guiding you forward in wanting to stay in this field and, and continuing research around floating and, and then the immune system? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's really been a passion for holistic health. Um, I think one of the things is, is that, you know, I, I have always been, you know, I was a biology guy. You know, my undergrad degree is in biotechnology. I worked in the biotech industry for a little while. Um, you know, I have a master's in neuroscience and physiology uh, with a focus on primate physiology, studied the primate brain and the visual system uh, on a neuroscience, like a, a cellular uh, level. Um, you know, I, I've always been kind of little picture and how that affects the big picture. Uh, and it wasn't until I would say 2015 um, when I decided that I wanted to go into clinical psychology uh, because the, my whole thing was that I, I need to be doing work both with people and that helps people. Uh, and that was how I decided to go into clinical psych. But I, I knew it was a big pivot for me. Uh, so I worked for uh, a clinical psych lab for a little while, um, the lab of Dr. Lauren Alloy at Temple University. Um, and she works with adolescent mental health um, and mood disorders. And uh, what I stumbled upon in her lab was that she was doing all this work looking at the immune system and its effects on adolescent mental health. But no one in the lab really understood 
like the immune system. <laughs> um, and I, I don't mean that in like a bad way. Like I'm sure Dr. Alloy did. Like she, you know, she was in charge and I'm sure she understood what her lab was doing. <laughs> but like I was working, you know, in the trenches with a bunch of research assistants who were there for summer jobs or were trying to get experience sure. like I was. And, and none of them really knew what was going on. And so I took it upon myself to figure it out and to that was the first version of the talk that I gave in 2018 at the float conference I gave in January of 2016 um and the thing that I love about this like what I've stumbled on is that it really shows how integrated our health is both physical and mental and emotional like all of our well-being is tied together and the immune system is one of the super highways that does it. It's not the only one. There's a lot of other ones, uh, you know, including the microbiome, uh, you know, other other hormone systems. But the immune system is this amazing super highway that that somehow connects our physical and our mental health. And I am so passionate about that. And what I'm really passionate about is about finding um, therapeutics that capitalize or make use of those pathways uh, as opposed to us really trying to do things one by one. And, and I mean that, you know, I, I'm sometimes I feel, you know, I, I'm, I'm very much in favor of pharmaceutical approaches, but sometimes I feel that, you know, we are zoning in on singular pieces of larger puzzles uh, with a lot of, you know, complex pharmacology. Um, and I really think that you know, by taking a look at, uh, you know, interventions that really, uh, you know, tackle this problem from a larger level and look at it from a systems perspective, you know, I think that that actually benefits the person as a whole and, and also can complement pharmacological therapy. You know, I think that, you know, when, when we're doing everything together, you know, and approaching the body as a system as opposed to, oh, this neurotransmitter system needs to be fixed or, oh, this hormone needs to be changed. You know, when we really think about it from a whole, we get better outcomes. And so I'm super passionate about any type of therapeutic that allows us to do this, which was why my entire dissertation focus was on novel therapeutics for mental health. It was about, you know, these different therapeutics that really have systems level changes and influences. Um, and so that's what I'm so passionate about with floating is that, you know, floating is this, you know, systems level therapeutic. It really kind of swoops in. It does a lot of different things. We're still figuring out everything that it does and why and how on a mechanistic level, but we do know that it's incredibly positive for wellness. And, and so the research that I've done is really to investigate what role it plays in the immune system. Um, and now, obviously, I think as anyone listening to this podcast probably knows, the you know floating affects a lot of different body systems. Um, but I am partial to the immune system because it is such a unifier and, like I said, such a superhighway for really merging a lot of these different portions of ourselves. Um, and so that's what really keeps me interested and involved. Um, but, you know, this is this is a similar reason why I'm interested in psychedelics. This is a similar reason why I'm interested in in heating. You know, it's all of these are, are different therapeutic processes that that affect so many different avenues of the body. When you say heating, what was that? I'm sorry. Oh, that was in my dissertation. 
uh, whole body. Sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> How dare you? I know you were there. No. <laughs> you know, you know what was going on. I was fixing a float tank while listening and watching oh, right. your yeah, dissertation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's not fine. to say that I'd remember anyway, but I do remember very specifically working on a float tank. No, I'm just was, giving uh, you crap. It was great um, irony. Yeah. No. So uh, a big portion, a third of my dissertation was looking at whole body hyperthermia, which is whole body warming. Um, so the warming that was done in the experiment that I was taking a look at. Uh, was was done in this this device called the Heckel device, in which you kind of uh, it separates the head from the body, uh, and the reason for that is is because heating the head can have different confounds uh, on unsteadying warming's effect on the body, um, and so we wanted to isolate the effect of warming the body as opposed to warming the head. Um, Got it. So you're not heating up the brain, uh, but I mean the analogous like you know naturalistic therapies would be like saunas and, and steam rooms and, and those types of things, um, okay. and uh, and it had a dramatic effect on depression. Uh, the people who got heated up had decreases in depression that lasted out as long as we measured for six weeks. Um, and uh, it appears that uh, changes in the immune system played a role in in some of those de- uh, mm-hmm. antidepressant outcomes. Um, and okay. so that was that was kind of what was a part of my dissertation. I'm also currently doing a work um, with Mass General and Harvard uh, about hot yoga. Uh, and its effects on on the body and the immune system. So I, I've I've been kind of continuing some of that thread as well. May I ask, may I pry a little bit and ask, what techniques do you use for your own mental health and wellness? Uh, well, I need. I'm working on getting floating regularly back up and running. Um, mm-hmm. I one of the things that I am really working on is, is I you know I am like not by nature, a physically active human. Uh, and it, it has been something that I've gone in and out of phases of. I've, I've definitely had a several periods where I've run regularly in my life. Um, I'm coming off of a period where I have not been physically active for quite a while. Working on your dissertation uh, kind of <laughs> will do that to you. Uh, Can't and imagine. I know, right? And so one, <laughs> of the, one of the things that I'm really trying to figure out is, is how to bring physical activity back into my life. Um, my job now, uh, you know, as a clinical psychology intern is a very different way of working. Um, it's very professional setting and, and it's very much, you know, work for four hours, one hour lunch, work for another four hours. Um, and that is very different from the way that I have worked for the past five years. Um, uh-huh. I mean, like even when I was working, you know, 12, 14, 15, 18 hour days over the course of my dissertation. Um, you know, I could just leave whenever I wanted to, I could get up and take a walk. I could go take a break for an hour, go get lunch with a friend. You know, it was never dictated to me exactly when I needed to work, when I needed to eat. And, um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm only in week two and I'm already realizing that it's very, um, stressful in a physical way that I wasn't quite experienced expecting. And, uh, uh, I really, it's, it's one of the things that's really motivating me to try and figure out a much more regimented, uh, physical activity schedule. Um, and I'm not sure if this joining a gym, there's a CrossFit near me. I'm thinking about maybe joining. Uh, I feel like I've, I've constantly looked down upon CrossFit people, but, uh, it might be my time to actually (laughs) do it because (laughs) they have good accountability. I was talking to someone about it recently. I was like, this actually seems like it might be a good fit. I don't know yet. But, um, so there's that, uh, I, um, 
I have, this is a weird thing about me. I have a really hard time with mindfulness and everybody has a hard time with mindfulness, I get. But like for me, paying attention to things can be really aversive in a really weird way that I have yet to really understand. Um, and I have always, always struggled with mindfulness because uh, paying attention is just like, it hurts. Like paying attention to my breathing, paying attention to my thoughts, it just ends up being really challenging and aversive and then I end up never doing it. Um, and what I am trying to work on now is to make space for non-directed thought uh, and and uh, I'm just calling it like brain breathing as opposed to like paying attention to my thoughts, just allowing my mind to wander, um, sure. which for me is big because my mind is constantly doing things. Uh, and so I'm trying to figure out a practice for that. And then maybe, maybe that'll get me some more baby steps closer to actually doing mindfulness or not. I don't know. But I, what I've realized, um, especially when I did my massive two month road trip following my dissertation was just that I need to give myself more breathing room, uh, when it comes to my brain. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to make a regular practice for that. How, how did that come up on your trip? Well, uh, so when I when I road trip, uh, and this was a long one, this was the most extensive road trip I've ever done. I traveled over 11,000 miles. Um, I visited a bunch of friends, a bunch of float float centers, a bunch of, uh, you know, relatives. And um, when I'm on the road, I just get to work. I'm like, okay, like, what's what haven't I been paying attention to? What do I need to think about? Like, where does my brain need to go? And one of the things that was coming up was like, you also need to not work. <laughs> like, right. It was, it was just like, yeah, you're driving. You like, maybe, maybe just practice not thinking for a little while. And like, wow. because your brain is so tightly wound and I'm just constantly doing things, um, yeah. that like, I just need to, to stop sometimes. And, uh, and it was it was in it was in that in which I really started to explore more like mindfulness. I mean, like you know, I'm not a stranger to mindfulness. I'm a therapist. Like I teach people mindfulness <laughs> regularly. I have had meditation practices. Like I know, like this is not like a oh, what is this thing? You know, it's it's it's. I'm pretty familiar with it. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but like I'm pretty familiar with it. And so it, it was. You know, in that moment, I was really exploring that, and I was like, okay, so like, why haven't you ever been able to sustain a mindfulness practice? Like, you know how to do it. Like, what is going on? And I that was when I was like, wow, this is actually kind of painful for you. Um, and and that's not to say that it's bad or that I shouldn't be working for it, but like maybe I need to move the goalpost. And sure. be like, yeah. hey, you know, like maybe we can start with just not thinking and like working on that. And like, you know, if 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 you start to start, if you do start thinking, name it really quick, take a breath in and then switch and then go back. Don't like Great. make it about like, oh, I have to pay attention to all of my in-breaths and out-breaths. Make it about something really short and quick. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about about trying to work on that because I think it's it's a bit more manageable for me. And I think it's something that I really need to do. <laughs> And, and hopefully be kind to yourself about it as well. I, yeah, I think yeah. that's something I find difficulty with as well. Of God, I, I can't stop my mind, you know, or I keep going to that place. Um, I think that kindness part is, is really important as well. And I oh, hope absolutely. you give that to yourself as well. Um, as always, I think uh, these, these uh, quick little interviews are real fun and just to see where we tangent and, and what we talk about. So thank you for sharing what's going on in your world right now. And I know there's more going on as well. I hope um, everybody feels comfortable. Flex, if you're okay with it, is it, is it okay if people come up and say hi yes, to you? Yes, please, please <laughs> say hi to me. I like talking to people. 
Uh, Flux is one of the most interesting people in the world on any topic. So please <laughs> say hi to Flux and uh, pick his brain and also just have a fun conversation because he's, he's just a wonderful person. We'll see you at the Float Conference coming up here. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Until next awesome. time, we'll see you at the conference. Thank you, yeah, Flux. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you, Flux. Thank you. There you have it. There's another wonderful, fun interview with Flux where we just learn so much information. I truly appreciate having Flux on the show. And um, just a few thanks before we wrap up here. Thanks to you so much for listening. I hope I get to see you August 25th through the 29th at the Flow Conference. Of course, uh, you can be there virtually or in person this year uh, for obvious reasons. And there are so many fun events that are going to be taking place throughout the whole conference. Never a dull moment. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. We are doing photography, we're doing video, and we are producing scientific blog posts. And uh, yeah, we just want to help you with your social media, your beautiful websites, and your email blasts, all that good stuff. We're trying to provide that content for you. Thanks so much to Helmbot, thanks to Isopod, and thanks to Mindful Solutions, who can also help with your social media. It's mindful.solutions, mindful with two L's. If you're interested in Kim helping you with your social media, thanks so much to my co-host Drew tonight, and thanks to Olga for producing the show. Truly, truly appreciate it. And until next time, we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.